Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter's out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. hotter podcast what movie does matthew mcconaughey say that in does anyone know oh i don't know i thought that I was just matthew kind of a personal i thought it was like a personal catchphrase like i didn't realize it was oh. from a movie oh i no, i it it might be mm-hmm. but i thought it came from a movie if i'll make that the uh question today <laughs> please episode. leave us the please, movie yeah please answer or if it is just his catchphrase either way thanks matthew mcconaughey i, I love I, it all right all right all right I love Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I feel like he is – like, he's the definition of, like, a daddy. Like, in its essence, yes. he is daddy. Yeah. Love him. You know, I think in a lot of ways – and this may be controversial to you – I think in a lot of ways Matthew McConaughey walked so Pedro Pascal could run. No, I don't think that's controversial. I think that's, I think, a, that's a spoken truth and you're brave yeah. for saying it. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Because you know we love Pedro Pascal here. But anyways, I wish we were talking about daddies. Honestly, we should do an episode on it. That would be funny. Like our the favorite daddies. Top celebrity daddies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, today we are doing a episode request, actually. So thank you for sending this in. It goes to show if you DM us with things you want to hear, we will actually do it. So mm-hmm. here we are. We are going to be talking about how to make a good impression and how to set yourself up for success at work, at a new job, at your existing job. This listener reached out specifically because she is starting a new job, actually in a different country. So slay to her. Yeah. Um, and so she was hoping for some more like career advice, especially when it comes to like making a good impression and kind of starting out at a new role. So I think this is relevant to you, whether you're in a new job or you're kind of just in your current job and you want to make a good impression mm-hmm. and be a good, you know, teammate and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're gonna be talking about. Yeah. This is honestly, this is great. It was fun to like reach back into my brain because Anya and I haven't started new jobs in – for me, it's been two years. For you, it's been even longer. Three and a half, so, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I will also say because I hear it right now, I have construction going on outside of my – literally outside of my bedroom window. So if you hear – they're cleaning up right now. They better be gone uh, by the time this episode is done or I will lose my marbles. But if you hear clattering on my end, I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds like a, they're going down a ladder potentially mm. or going up a ladder i swear to god if the jackhammer comes back on but anyways <laughs> those damn masons yeah they're listen the bricks look fine to me I think, <laughs> I think we should try the bricks out for one more year and then once my lease is up mm-hmm. feel free to replace those bricks <laughs> i can't hear it but i'm your mic okay. is more sensitive than zoom so yeah we'll see but if you're hearing anything that's what it is and we will put the uh, timestamp in the episode description yes. if you want to skip to the main topic, but we're going to start with our weekend review and favorite, as always. I don't have that much to say because in real life, we recorded our last episode like only a couple of days ago, yeah. but really the only thing that's happened since then is I had a hair appointment and Same. it's funny because I feel like everyone that I've mentioned it to is like, it doesn't look any different. <laughs> But um, I actually got low lights this time around. Um, Yeah, because I felt like I've been doing the blonde balayage for like 
probably two to three years. And Mm -hmm. I felt like it got to the point where all the hair had been touched by bleach. And so like going in with the balayage, like wasn't adding it. Because the whole point of balayage is that it's supposed to add like dimension. Like you're supposed to kind of have, you know, streaks of your natural color. And I felt like there wasn't anything left. And it was never really my intention to be like a full blonde. Like I actually like dirty blonde. I think it's like more unique. I think it's a little more like old money you know, everyone, whatever floats your boat if you're like platinum, but I just felt like it wasn't the best look on me. It kind of washed me out. didn't compliment my eyes as much. And so I was like, I actually want a little more of my OG color, like back in here. Yeah. And if you know, like hair colors, I am like probably a natural, like seven or eight. And I was probably at like a nine all around. I didn't really have like any dimension left. So we just added low lights of a seven. And so now there's just like more colors going on again, which I prefer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we kept it bright, like around my face, which is why I think people don't notice that as much, but like, you can see the roots are darker, like, yeah. So I feel like the yeah. grow out will be better too. Cause my roots were never awful, but they do, it does bother me. So I think this yeah. is a little lower maintenance. Yeah. I did the same thing when I got my hair done last and you can't oh, really? really tell. Cause I also have the like money pieces that mm-hmm. keep it bright around my face, but my roots are pretty dark. Yeah. Um, good for winter. Yeah. yeah. And like. She made a good point. She was saying like, it actually makes your blonde look brighter when it contrasts against something. And that's actually how I felt. Like I felt like when it was all one color, I never felt blonde enough. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep frying my hair just to like achieve this like this color. Whereas like now I feel like the pieces that are blonde do look a lot brighter. Yeah. So I feel like that'll be my move like from now on. I think I just didn't really know my like long-term plan, but I feel like now depending on like the seasons and whatnot, I'll probably just get like always some highlights and lowlights when I do balayage instead of just yeah. blonde because I was doing like just bleach for like years and of course it makes sense that eventually you'd run out of hair to make lighter yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um and I went shorter which it's like it feels much shorter to me but I feel like to everyone else it doesn't because the ends were so dead that like they might as well have not been there <laughs> um no for real I like told her I was like listen Michaela I have split end blindness so, like, I need you to be so real with me of, like, what actually needs to be cut off. Like, do what you got to do because I will never tell. Like, I will always just be, like, longer. Like, I like my hair long. Yeah. Um, and so I was, like, do what you got to do. And she was, like, we got to do, like, three or four inches. And I was, like, do it then. And so we did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, like – I am I don't get, like, uptight about my hair. Like, it'll grow back. It's fine. It's just yeah. – it's shorter than I was expecting it. But, like, whatever. Uh, good yeah, for scarves, has, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It still has good length to it, too. Like, it's not – her hair is not short short like it's, yeah it's still it's like approaching the bust <laughs> it's above the bust I would say before I went in it was below the bust yeah yeah so and I like it below the bust but I think I need to like BFFR with myself that like with my hair type it's maybe just not the move I was gonna say your hair looks a lot thicker mm-hmm. at this length yeah so. definitely what can you do it's tough out here um so yeah I had that this week and then other than that I realized I'm gonna have a four-day work week for the next three weeks because I'm going to a wedding this weekend so I'm gonna miss mm-hmm. Friday and Monday and then the following Monday is Indigenous Peoples Day so wow that's kind of slay on my part I did not do that, that on purpose is, yeah <laughs> that is really slay I'm thinking of because we have Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday that's the Monday before my birthday I'm thinking of taking that Friday off. So then like the week three day week. up to my birthday is a three-day week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds kind of nice right mm-hmm. now. I might do that. For my week in review, I went to the Big E this past weekend. Uh, I definitely have talked about this on the show before because my college best friends and I have a tradition of going every single year. 
uh, for those of you that aren't New England girlies. It is a like state fair in Western Massachusetts, like the Springfield area uh, that has like a ton of food stands. They have like houses that represent all of the different states in New England and vendors from those states, uh, like selling food or, you know, crafts, goods, whatever it may be. Um, and then they also have like a carnival, like ride section, which is not for me. Um, I don't like rides that can come down in a business day. I think I've said that before and I'll say it again. So I did not partake in any of the rides. My friend M actually was like, is anyone going to go on a ride with me? And I was like, I'm so serious. You could offer me any amount of money and the answer would be no. Like, when I was a kid, I no. would. But now that I have like, now that my frontal lobe is like fully formed, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not for me. Um, But yeah, I love the biggie. I will say every year, the first thing I get is some fried Oreos because mm. it's fried Oreos. They're so good. And every year I feel like absolute shit. The rest the of, the of the time. Day. Yeah. And this year, I was like, let me get some other treats that are on my list before I get the fried Oreos. And I noticed about two, three hours in, I, f- I felt light as a feather. Mm. I, f- I felt great. So then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get the fried Oreos. I got, I did get uh, mini chocolate chip cookies instead. And those were, those were good. And I came home with uh, like half of a big bag of kettle corn. And I came home with two giant cream puffs, like literally hamburger-sized cream puffs. I was only going to come home with one, and then I was bullied into getting the maple flavor. So now I have two, um, and I'm just one girl with two hamburger-sized cream puffs. But if you are in the New England area, especially if you're in, like, Massachusetts or, like, I feel like Connecticut, Connecticut, Rhode Island, yeah, yeah. it was like an hour and a half drive from Boston to get mm-hmm. there. So def- definitely a long drive, but very doable for a day trip. And we did go on a rainy day and we lucked out um, that most of the time that we were there, it was just like either not raining or like such a mild sprinkle that you barely even notice it. Um, it wasn't until like the last hour we were there, I'd say, that it started to pick up. And by then we were like sort of losing steam, getting ready to go. So yeah. I love the I, um I did see you didn't wear your overalls as you said you would. What was the rationale? No, because it was colder and I feel like it's hard to style overalls with a jacket. Like I really mm, struggle valid. with what jacket to wear and I, I feel knew like you got to go like want... vest or something. Yeah, but I knew it was going to be chilly and I was like I'd rather have an outfit that like I know I can appropriately layer so that I can like take off and put on to like be comfortable because if I was going to be cold at the biggie I was going to be not that fun to be around um so I ended up wearing actually like the it was a Levi's denim jacket but it's like fleece lined Mm -hmm. um and then I wore my fleece lined tights as well with my skirt and I was the perfect temperature the whole night had a great time ironically I saw next week or this weekend maybe it's gonna be like 85 (laughs) that's always what happens to us at Biggie the last two years that we went it was 90 degrees we were all like I left with like this is so TMI, chafing rashes, like heat mm-hmm. rashes all over my body. Like every single time we've gone, it's been so miserable. And then this time you could argue that it was also miserable because it was like rainy, but at least the temperature was appropriate for fall. But yeah. But just to like 
show the the fluctuations we yeah, got on these parts. Truly. It's wild. Yeah. Does, does E stand for something? What is big? Okay, it apparently it does. Apparently, <laughs> I asked my friends, and they go the big event. That's not oh. the truth. I mean, um, I would buy that. The E stands for what organizers said was an emphasis on entertainment, education, and excitement. Oh. Okay. E squared? E cubed? Well. Yeah. E cubed. So there you go. Love it. Maybe next year I'll come through. Yeah. Open invite. I, I go with my three best friends and then Anya was like, I've never been. And I was like, you can come. And she goes, I thought it was like a thing that you guys do. I no, like, I did. No, I felt, I felt exclusive. No. No. <laughs> Anyone can come to the Big E. If you, listener, want to come with us to the Big E, DM me. <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into our favorites. So my first favorite is the Lululemon-like new section of their website. I've mm-hmm. always been a casual browser of this platform, but I've never actually bought anything until now. So it's basically like the secondhand part but it's like done by lulu like it's not on like thread up or something like that like yeah. it's like via the lulu website that you get there and what's cool is i thought i saved let's, i'll get it in a second but it's cool because it's um all of the it's like stuff that gets donated back by customers so th- and then you get a discount so if you have old lulu stuff they don't take everything but they take some stuff um you can get like a coupon for your next purchase And um, any profit that they make on this stuff is um, goes back into like sustainability initiatives. Like they do like 1% for the planet and like that kind of stuff. So you can like feel good about it as like a thrifted thing. Um, Most of the stuff is like the name would suggest like new, like pretty much unworn Um, or they'll have like different categories. Like they'll only sell stuff that's in like good or better condition. Like they'll have like good, Mm -hmm. like new, you know, like fair, like whatever um so i can show you what i got so i've always wanted a defined jacket but none of the colors ever spoke to me and then i saw on like new they had a black crushed velvet one (laughs) which i said that is my whole personality (laughs) so you can see wow she's stunning she is stunning i love her it's kind of crazy it's a little competitive because they only have like obviously one of each item yeah. And so, like, I had it in my cart, and it'll only hold in your cart for 30 minutes, which I didn't know. So I continued browsing, and then I was like, no, no, I think I like the velvet one. And I went to check out, and it was in someone else's cart. And I was like, no. And so I I think they must have done the same thing that I did. Like, eventually, mm-hmm. it came back in availability. But, like, keep that in mind. It's like a little – it's a little eBay-esque in that way. You kind of got to keep an yeah. eye on what you want. Um, And, yeah, I went back and forth on sizing. I ended up with an 8, which I think was – Right, because it doesn't. It's not like fully snatched. Like the defined jackets can be. I think I would have had to get a six for that. But I can wear something under it, which is like what I would want to do. Like I'd want to be able to wear a leotard or something. So I'm very happy with it. I was like kind of having regrets after I bought it. I was like, was that um, what's it called? Like when when something is unplanned. Yes, I was like, was that like an impulsive thing to do? But no, I'm happy with it. So nice. Um, Check out Lululemon like new. They have a ton of stuff. You can search for like any of their styles. and I think that jacket was 80, but it was like of the best quality that they sell. Like it was it was of the like new and it has the tags. Yeah. Um, so that's like max what it would be. It was and I think new defined jackets are like 120 or something. I was gonna so. say that's definitely they're at least a hundred dollars. So it's a twenty dollar savings right there. Yeah. Big. Yeah. And honey gave me like a 10% off. So wow. slay. 
So that's my first favorite. Check it out. And then my second favorite, I am in my Troy Sivan era. I love, I think he goes by he, him pronouns. Love Troy Sivan. Like obsessed. Like, yeah. The the fact that he's bringing back like fun music videos is iconic. Yeah. I love Rush. The choreography is so good. I love um, you just got me started and I don't think I can yep. stop it. And like he dances so well in the videos mm-hmm. and like they're so fun and like sexy. Like he's just like such a – he has like such sensual like energy as a person. Yeah. He's not like my type but I'm like you're just beautiful. And yeah. um, not for nothing, his Architectural Digest like home tour is like probably – it's like in my top three, if not my favorite. Yeah, it's iconic. And I just, I am obsessed. Chef's kiss. And I love that he like still makes himself like an internet meme in some ways. Like he still posts himself on yeah. TikTok and he's like funny. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in my Troy Sivan fangirl era. Well, I believe he started as a YouTuber. Yeah, that's what, it, yeah. So like good it for makes him. sense. He is like chronically online and also mm-hmm. ridiculously talented. And yeah. that's like the best combination that you could ask for. No, I love him. And I feel like his... Music videos, I don't know how to describe this. I can't elaborate, but I feel like they have an Eastern European vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Something he about it. He has an Eastern European vibe. <laughs> Something I about it. I can't explain it. Like, it's the, it's the brutalist. It, they're always in, like, a parking lot or, like, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Well, he's British, know. isn't he? No, he's Australian. Australian. Mm-hmm. I knew it was – I knew he couldn't be American. That's of the British diaspora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's Australian, but he, yeah, he just gives this like Eastern, you know why? Because I think he in a lot of ways reminds me of Timothy Chalamet, just from like an aesthetic mm. standpoint. And Timothy they, Chalamet they both, is not Eastern European. Uh, no, I know, but he oh, gives oh. that vibe. He okay, gives yeah. that vibe. Like somewhere in Northern Italy, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. That kind of vibe. Anyways, I also love Troy Sivan. My favorite this week, this is, I debated making this favorite because it is like a TJ Maxx find and I know those can be more difficult, but this brand is like very common at TJ Maxx and I've gone to TJ Maxx a couple of times since purchasing this item and have seen it. So I think it's like, you know, sometimes like there's things that you can only find at your TJ Maxx and then sometimes there's things that are available at all TJ Maxx's. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's one of those, but if you can't find it, I'm really sorry. But it's the chestnut praline candle from the brand DW Home, which also you may be able to look up DW Home and find. Probably. I don't, I don't know how that works. But I got this. I was in like my fall candle buying mood and I saw a chestnut praline and I love the chestnut praline latte from mm-hmm. Starbucks. So I was like, this is going to be great. And when I tell you this candle makes my room smell just like a bakery, I every time I light it, and then walk into my room, like if I light it and then like run to the bathroom and come back, I'm like, oh, it smells so good in here. And it like, I have it burning right now with the vanilla pumpkin from Trader Joe's. Like you have both just, burning? Yeah. Wow. And it just like, uh, it literally, I wish I could like eat the smells in my room right now. It mm-hmm. smells so freaking good. So if you can get your hands on it, DW Holmes chestnut praline candle and it's like a big candle but i feel like chestnut praline translates well into like the holiday season well that's what i was gonna say i actually i think the starbucks drink is a christmas drink not a fall it is Mm -hmm. yeah that's why i was kind of surprised to see this at tj maxx but i was like i love something about me i love like anything like nutty like i love Mm. that smell that taste like oh i just love it so much so to have 
this candle, it's really important to me. So definitely see if you can find it or just find any sort of chestnut praline candle. I'm sure DW Holmes isn't the only one to make that. Um, and I highly recommend layering it with your fall candles and making your home or your room or your office smell like a bakery because it's it that's a simple way to elevate your life making mm-hmm. your home smell like a bakery um potentially naive question is i wonder if people with nut allergies are sensitive to oh. nut scented candles i would think not cuz i would imagine it's all like synthetic artificial yeah yeah but i wonder let us know <laughs> yeah let us know i i don't know i'm very lucky to not have a nut allergy yeah imagine if i did that'd be a big bummer for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back to talk about how to set yourself up for success at work. As you all know, we're both trying to work towards our wellness goals this year, and that's why we're excited to introduce Liquid IV as the sponsor of this episode. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you can get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. We actually used Liquid IV when we were traveling in Europe last year, and it definitely helped us recover after some long nights out. Plus, it was super convenient packaging to keep in our suitcases and in our purses throughout the day. My personal favorite flavor is watermelon, but I'm excited to try the new strawberry lemonade flavor too. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TDH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TDH at liquidiv.com. Okay, we're back and we are going to be talking about how to make a good impression, how to set yourself up for success at work. And like we said, this episode was a request. So thank you so much for that. We love it. We want to put out the content you want to hear. So, so true. This is great. The first one might feel obvious, but I did want to include it and it is punctuality, but I would say not to a ridiculous extent (laughs) because then it's awkward for everyone. So like kind of like they say in an interview of like show up like 15 minutes early, but like don't show up earlier than that because then they have to like occupy you and it's weird and don't show Mm -hmm. up any later than that because like what if there's complications with finding the place or whatever. I would say this is true of like your first day, your first several meetings, especially if they're like in person and you're still like finding your way around, you know, the building, the conference rooms, however Mm -hmm. your work is set up. But it really does make like it, it is your first impression is like you know, how punctual you are, whether it's in the interview or like during your first few days and weeks. And it's funny because I can tell this story now because he's like full-time, but we had this uh, co-op at one point who has now converted into a full-time employee. So obviously he did well beyond this scenario, but he overslept on his first day and he was 15 minutes late to his first one-to-one with his manager to like onboard him to everything. And like the way we like, (laughs) the way we like pin that against him to this day, because it's it's just so ridiculous and unfortunate. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was funny. But yeah, be be on time, but not too on time. It's a fine yeah. line. Yeah, for sure. The next one is setting boundaries. This is so important to set in those first few weeks of your job. My boss and I jokingly call this setting the precedent. Like anytime there's like a new project or like 
task or campaign that we're working on that we know is going to be long term. We're like, okay, what kind of precedent do we want to set? Like, how how do we want to communicate how much time we're going to use prioritizing this project and like where it falls in relation to all of our other stuff? Um, but I think this is definitely really important to establish in those first couple of weeks because I think it can be really easy to want to like hit the ground running and like really go 150% when you first start a job. You're trying to impress your new team, your new boss, like whoever it may be. Uh, and it's it's really important to obviously like do a good job and show showcase your skills and your strengths in those first couple of weeks. But you also need to bear in mind that those first couple of weeks will become the expectation for Mm -hmm. your time at that company. Like if you're spending those first couple of weeks logging on at 7 a.m. and not logging off until 7 p.m. because you want to take on all this extra stuff or show that you're like willing to, you know, work whenever you need to to get the job done. Now come like the holiday season, they're going to be like, why did you log on at 9 a.m.? Even though that's a reasonable thing to do. That's obviously an extreme example, but it's just setting the precedent. If you're only willing to work from 9am to 5pm, unless there's like extenuating circumstances, like you can do that. If you're not willing to like take a call during lunch, set that precedent now, like whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. um, Just think about what would make you happy in the long term as far as boundaries and try your best to set yourself up for success early on. Amen. No notes. My next one is around asking questions. Um, I think something that like, I mean, I haven't been in the workforce like super long, but I've been at this job three and a half years and then I had a year of experience prior to that. So I'm now managing people that are like new to the workforce. And I think something that I've noticed in people that are new to the workforce is that they tend to be on like two extremes of the spectrum, like as far as Mm -hmm. questions go, like either they have no questions ever or they have like so, so many and they're like nervous and like want to know every detail. And, you know, I think it's definitely better to be on the question asking side of the spectrum. um, Even if, you know, you feel like you're asking too much because it's really, it's a lot better to like show that you're paying attention and you're invested and like you're seeking clarification rather than like making assumptions about a project or like being embarrassed. Like the assumption when you're coming into a job or you're starting a new project or a new role or whatever it is, is that you're operating with like limited information. And so like the fact that you're asking questions and like showing curiosity and like initiative and actually thinking about like what it's going to look like to get this task done is very much a green flag. And when I have interns or co-ops or whatever that have no questions about a project, I'm always kind of like, that's when I, as a manager, I'm most nervous about how the project is going to go because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're thinking critically about how this is actually going to go for you. (laughs) Like there's, there's gotta be questions. And so, um, yeah, you make way better of an impression if you have questions versus yeah. if you don't. Like, don't try to act like you've got it all in the bag. Like, that's not yeah. the impression you're making, I guess, is what I'm saying when you have no questions. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And I will also note because I have noticed for myself that I'm the type of person that I get a little overwhelmed when like being shown a new task that like I can't necessarily in that moment think critically enough to have questions but Mm -hmm. as I start doing something that's when like questions pop up so I've gotten in the habit of like anytime I'm shown something new or given a new project or campaign to work on I'll be like I don't have any questions now I think I just need to like get started with it Mm -hmm. and then I'll like come back if I have any questions as I start to like dig into it that's also okay um because I always felt really bad like leaving like 
training meetings, for lack of a better term, with no questions. But I was like, I'm just so overwhelmed. Like, I just need to get into the tool and figure out from there what, my what questions I'm are. struggling with. Um, yeah. And I think that's still like, that's valid. And that shows that you're thinking critically. Um, some may say I'm a more hands-on learner, but... <laughs> Um, the next one is, and this is again, something really important to establish in those first few weeks of a new job is setting goals. Um, obviously like having goals, having something to work towards is really great for you. It's a great motivator. It's a great way to measure your own success as you're fulfilling the roles and responsibilities of your new job. But I think, and we'll get into this a little bit further um, later in the episode, but having goals sets a really good framework for your performance reviews because it's something that you can bring to your performance reviews um, and say, these were the goals that I had and here is how I'm performing against those goals. Um, So yeah, I think definitely setting up some time with your manager or your supervisor proposing those goals, sort of workshopping it with them so that it aligns with what they need and want from you in the position, uh, and then executing against those goals um, and using them sort of as a, a pillar in how you how you perform your job is really mm-hmm. important. And it's a lot easier to establish that early on. Yeah, I would say like this is something that we have a norm of doing around the 90-day mark because I think when you're mm-hmm. really new, you like you're like I don't even know enough to know what my goals yeah. would be. So like you need a little bit of time, but I think just like if that's not already a norm in your workplace of like being proactive and being like can we set a 90-day review when I can talk about yeah. my goals? Like once you have a better sense and yeah. you're not like drinking from the fire fo- fire hose as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and one like underrated use case I would say for goals is actually in the other direction in the sense of like if you are getting assigned projects or like other departments are asking you to do things that have like in no way are in scope for those goals. It's also a good tool to be like, hey, manager, like I'm being asked to do this completely unrelated task. Like while I'm happy to help with that, I don't really feel like it fits into the umbrella of any of the goals that we set together. So is there anything I need to like reprioritize or is there anyone else mm-hmm. that this can be delegated to? So like it's also a control to make sure that your time goes towards the things you actually want it to go towards yeah. in addition to like your performance reviews. So yeah, hopefully your workplace already has that as a norm, but if not, you can be the one to set it. Yeah. Slay. The next tip is around communication. So in general, like every workplace is going to have different communication norms, which I actually think is like underratedly the hardest thing to adapt to in a new job is like learning how people communicate, how often, about what, like what the norms are there. Um, And so just making sure that like you are really observing how people communicate during those first two weeks and like trying to match it as much as possible. I can speak from experience that like when we've had hires that are either on like either extreme end of the spectrum, like really like abusing the communication tools that we have and just like blasting everyone all the time. It's like disruptive or on the opposite side, like really don't mesh with it or like don't use it. And then you feel like you can't reach them. So like you don't want to be either of those people. Um, You really want to try to like fit into the Slack or the teams or whatever, you know, your, your group is using. Um, And when you're, when we're talking about like in person or like via zoom communication, really try to be an active listener, especially during those first few weeks of just like, being a sponge, trying to learn as much as possible. Um, And we've talked about active listening in the past. I don't remember what episode it was in actually, but um, there's definitely like frameworks you can look up when it comes to how to be an active listener. And it's definitely something that I need to work on. I'm actually doing this like management training for my job. And one of the questions that the trainer asked in the last session was like, are you a talker or a listener? 
And like the vast majority of people in the training said talker and they were like, that's why you like want to be in management, but you need to be more of a listener because it's like, it's the listeners that are going to be the most supportive to people and like make the most difference. And I just thought that was interesting. So reality check for me, but yeah. Well, and I will say at my current job when I was an intern, um, and this is more on like the Slack side of things, Slack, we use Teams, but Mm -hmm. digital communication, um, a lot of my coworkers would ask me like, oh, what's the best way to like reach you if I need something from you like semi-urgently? And of course, at the time I was like literally any way at all. I have all of my mm-hmm. notifications turned on. And a lot of my coworkers would give answers like, oh, like definitely send me a Teams message if you need something from me like in the moment because I only check my email once a day or mm-hmm. two times a week, whatever it may be. Um, or others on the flip side are like, I don't even have teams open on my computer, but if you email me, I'll see it so on and so forth. So I think it's also a great idea as you're having those like first onboarding orientation meetings to ask people like, what is the best way to reach you? So that way, you know, upfront, if you're ever, you know, working with Tom and HR that it's best to ping them on Slack or ping them on teams, um, over emailing and vice versa that's so that's Mm -hmm. I think an easy way to adapt especially if you are sort of like me and you're like either channel works like I check both um but yeah and then the next tip is professional appearance so this obviously applies if you are in person more so remote obviously if you're remote you want to look relatively presentable from the neck up if you're on camera my job I'm pretty 50 50 whether I'm on camera or not and we're pretty lacks like I right now don't have any makeup on and barely brushed my hair and I'm wearing a fleece vest and active wear and I could definitely jump on a meeting looking like this and it not be an issue but some places might want you to look more buttoned up uh, from the waist up on zoom and then obviously in person you have to dress based on whatever the dress code is at your particular office. So read the room of your workplace, make sure you match the vibes uh, and check your employee handbook because a lot of them will have it spelt out for you what the expected dress code is. Um, that was something I didn't even know that my job had because um, I work for a smaller company, but I randomly one day, I think when I got hired full-time, I actually like looked at the employee handbook because I was like, this means a lot more now that I'm a full-time employee, not just an intern. Uh, and it actually had like our dress code outlined. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. news to me. Um, but yeah, we ha- definitely have talked about the different dress codes. I can't remember if we did a full episode on this or if we did like just a general like professional 101, mm-hmm. everything you need to know about ha- having a job. I think we did like dressing for work episode. Yeah. I just I remember us clearly outlining like the four different the four most common dress codes at workplaces. So I'll look through and find that episode and link it below so you can get a better a better idea of what different places look for. Yeah. And it's like the biggest thing is just like reading the room. Like, yeah, I think people tend to want to show up a little more dressed up on their first day, like just in case. But mm-hmm. um, like I work at a startup incubator and it's it's very casual. And if you're if you're dressed more formally, people are literally like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what do you have going on today? Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, just important to like match the vibes. But if you're ever in doubt, obviously err on the side of being a little more buttoned up, I would say. Yeah, for sure. The next one is adaptability and flexibility. I think this is like, this is probably the area that I struggled the most with adapting from 
school to like full-time work because I think when you're in school, you're very much bound by like your own schedule, your own constraints. You have an idea of what your entire semester is going to look like. Things tend to stick to the plan. Like due dates are the due dates, you know, whatever. Um, But in the work world, like there's so many other external factors you're relying on, whether it's other people or resources or whatever it might be. And so you just have to be way more open to change and like willing to learn new skills or adapt to new situations or take on different projects than you expected. And um, I think, you know, being the person that is like positive in those adaptability, flexibility situations really shows like your versatility and your commitment to growth and like learning new things. With that said, if you end up doing things that are like completely out of your job description, then I think that's like a conversation to be had with your manager about like where your time is best spent. But in general, if it's like a different approach to something that you've done or like just a different scope for something that you're interested in, like it's good to take those situations positively. And that's something that actually I don't think I've always done a great job with. I think I've always been like, well, I do it this way. So like, I'm going to do it my way. Um, But I think like showing that you're adaptable and like willing to learn new things is like very, it makes you an asset to the organization because they know that they can trust you with different situations and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The next one is to ask for feedback. So I think it's really important um, at the outset to, you know, show that you're um, willing and like eager to receive feedback. Obviously, there's going to be things that you do well and things that you do not as well in a job. Like that's just living life and being a human being. Um, But establishing upfront that you're like willing and wanting to have regular Um, like a regular cadence for feedback and for a performance review, I think is really important. It shows that you care and that you're trying to get better at your job um, or at the very least like home in on what you're doing really well. Uh, And I think even if it's in like an informal way, regularly receiving that feedback not only gives you the peace of mind that like you're doing a good job at your job and you don't need to stress if your boss ever sends you a Teams message that has a period in it, um, (laughs) like those memes that you see. Uh, but I think it also gives you uh, a place to go over the goals that you set in Mm -hmm. those first couple of months of your, uh, time on the job and gives you that good framework to like review and measure your success for. But yeah, I know a lot of places do a like formal performance review where like you have to like fill out a like what do they even call it? Self-assessment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a self-assessment on how you're doing. Your manager is also filling out an assessment on how you're doing. You guys meet, you discuss it, like all of this stuff, very formal. I don't have a lot of experience in that because my job does not do a formal review process at all. Normally, it's just in my regular one-on-one with my boss. She's like, hey, you're doing great. (laughs) And I'm like, thanks. And that's it. Um, But honestly, I had a situation with my current job where I think not having a proper channel for review and feedback led to a bit of a misunderstanding of what the expectations were for me. Um, And I think ever since that, I've worked with my manager to like establish, yes, maybe the company doesn't have a formal performance review process, but that doesn't mean that we can't like once a quarter give each other feedback on how things are going, what we can each do better to like support each other. Um, And we've held firm to that ever since. So even if you're like in a situation like me where it's not a formal uh, process at your company, you there's still, I think any manager would be like, yeah, that makes sense to like set up a regular cadence for 
feedback. And I think any Mm -hmm. manager would be happy to hear that you're trying to do better at your job. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear that you guys don't have that because it's like, I feel like at least in the context of my job, it's like pretty important to like career ladder stuff that you have to have those conversations like one, like at the end of the year, but everyone does stuff different. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think like asking for feedback early on kind of like breaks the fourth wall of like mm-hmm. it being awkward. Like if you show from like the very start that you're like curious to be better and like know how you're doing, it, it saves yourself from a situation like a year in where you're like, how am I doing? And they're like, actually horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you want, you want to get ahead of those situations, which I'm sure you guys yeah. wouldn't do horrible, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think when I first started, I had a monthly extended one-to-one with my manager where we just tacked on like 15, 20 extra minutes and talked about it. And like, honestly, as I've been there, it's become less and less frequent, um, but you know how it is. So yeah. Um, yeah. Feedback. I've actually only had one intern ever like explicitly ask me for feedback and I remember wow. him. So keep that in mind. <laughs> wow. Hope he's doing well. Will. Miss ya. Aw, miss ya. <laughs> Will. I remember Will. <laughs> Um, the next tip is to try to have and have and like demonstrate, I guess is really the key thing here, a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. And I think this goes along with the prior tip that I was giving about like adaptability and flexibility, but we've also talked about growth and fixed mindsets before, but essentially like if you have a fixed mindset, you're approaching everything like very black and white and you're not really like thinking creatively about like solutions and that kind of stuff. And you're not like committed to necessarily growing or doing things better and differently. Whereas a growth mindset is someone that's like more solution oriented and is always thinking about like what can be done and, and that kind of thing. And so I think not only trying to like have that mentality internally, cause that's something that I really struggle with is like trying to like um, code switch your brain to be like, no, I am going to think <laughs> more solution oriented yeah. here. Like number one, like achieving that for yourself. But number two is like demonstrating that in meetings and that kind of thing. So like if you're ever running into like a sticky situation, instead of being the one on the call that's just like arms crossed, we're like, I don't know what to do now. Like be the one to be like, okay, like what solutions can we explore? And like yeah. try to have that attitude. And it's it's easier said than done, uh, especially if you're in like a frustrating situation. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think those are the, the, t- the people that step up and like show that they have that kind of growth mindset are the ones that tend to like do well and like climb the ladder if that's something you want to do but yeah and I would even say I think it can be it can be difficult when you're in like a frustrating situation or it can be difficult when you're in like a imposter syndrome do I even know what the right solution is but in my experience I've found that suggesting literally anything at all at least gets the ball rolling, even if everyone's like, that's actually the worst solution, but it made me think of that this solution. Think, yeah. <laughs> um, at least you got like the conversation going and it just it isn't like you and your team on a Zoom call being like, well, <laughs> where do we go from here? So that's kind of like the mindset, like even bad ideas are good ideas if they get the ball rolling. Um, mm-hmm. And I trust that nine out of 10 times, your idea probably isn't even a bad idea, even if it's not like the best solution that you guys end up like coming to like you know your job you know the your business you know it you know it well like especially as you get further into your job um at whatever company you're at that you're gonna have like an informed guess at the Mm -hmm. very least as to a solution um the next one is to be the one to show up to professional development stuff so attending training sessions workshops especially if they're during work hours because why not learn something new 
while you're getting paid. Uh, but this has been huge in my job. We don't have a lot of like trainings or workshops that my company puts on per se, um, but there's been a lot of support for me using my, you know, 40 hours of time in the week to do specific trainings. I did an SEO course on HubSpot. I'm actually currently in the middle of a content marketing course on HubSpot as well. Um, that one has kind of gone on the back burner because things just got busy. But like, take advantage of those opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. If your work is willing to either give you money or give you time to learn new skills, to pick up something new, like whatever it may be, or even just like refine the skills that you already have, definitely take advantage of that because it's number one, just going to make you a better worker, but it's also going to make you a more desirable candidate for raises and promotions and even Mm -hmm. like your next job whenever that time comes. Yeah. Like shows that you're committed to like continuous improvement and that kind of thing. And like even through my job, it's like, like I said, I work at an incubator. So there's like literally always sessions, like every day of the week, there's like a session on something. And so I can't make it to all of them. But like if I'm in and it's something that I'm interested in, usually there's like catered lunch, I'll go and like hang out. And it's like, it's always, I never regret going, you know, and it shows that you take initiative. And that's actually something that I'm sort of surprised sometimes that folks that are like newer to the team don't take more advantage of because I remember like I was such an eager beaver, like at my internships, if they ever had like a training or something. Um, so yeah, take advantage. And even if, even if you see the subject matter and you're like, oh, I don't know, like still go, you never know. It could be relevant. And if nothing else, it shows that you're the one to show up. Like I think to your point, when it comes time for like performance reviews and stuff, like those things that might feel small in the moment actually do add up of like how much effort you're putting in and that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. The next one is to celebrate successes, both your own, but especially others. I think this is also something that kind of makes you stand out from the crowd when you're trying to make a good impression at work is like really recognizing when other people have contributed to your success in a big way or been really helpful on a project or turned something around quickly and just like recognizing them in whatever forum makes sense for your organization. Like for us, we have um, like a, a team appreciations like Slack channel where people can kind of flag when they appreciate what someone did. And we also start out our weekly team meeting with like wins and appreciations. And so just like making sure that you are recognizing your teammates when they are helpful to you yeah. um, and not just like claiming all of the success on your own. Because at the end of the day, it probably did take a, a full team to accomplish whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how you have like a good relationship with your coworkers. And it also just shows that like you care about like the greater picture and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. My last one is to document your achievements. This actually Anya put in the script and it made me go and write down some of the achievements that I've accomplished in this past year um, because I am going over, I am doing a mini performance review for end of Q3 with my boss. Um, But keep a record of your accomplishments and your contributions because it'll be really helpful for these performance evaluations, especially when it comes time to be up for things like promotion. You want to be able to like really quickly give your elevator pitch of here's everything that I was able to accomplish in this position and why it sets me up for success in the next position. Or even just at the end of the year, if you're not up for promotion, just showing everything that you do so it keeps it in the back of, you know, your leader's mind that Mm – you're doing a good job, you're contributing to the team, you're accomplishing things that are bettering the company and whatever, you know, function that may be depending on your job. And I think it's also good to just like keep that for yourself. Like on mm-hmm. bad days, it's like nice to look back on your list and be like, 
okay, today's a bad day, but like I, I've done good things. Like I am mm-hmm. good at my job. I'm just having a, a rough patch right now. So definitely do that. It will make all facets of performance evaluations and stress management easier. <laughs> that TikTok audio that's like, I'm just taking a break from slaying. I'll be back to slaying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's so much easier to maintain a running list and write down like any time that you feel really good about your achievements rather than like I've been in the situation of like we do the annual performance reviews, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what did I accomplish in Q1? I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm going back Nothing. in my calendar and trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know. So like if I had, you know, written it down more proactively, it would have made this whole thing easier. And yeah. This is, you know, somewhat due to the structure of my of my organization. But when when it comes time for promotions, it's actually a board uh, decision. Like the nomination mm-hmm. and governance committee has to approve everything. And so I was asked, hey, like on a really quick turnaround, can you put together like your top achievements so that the board can approve it? And I had like a couple of days, and it's like that's such a perfect use case for this kind of thing. So yeah, you never know when it'll come in handy. Yeah, and it'll be good for your resume too. Updating True. your resume. Mm-hmm. You remember what you want to highlight. Yeah. Because you're not going to stay at this job forever, probably. Yeah. So We're not doing the boomer thing anymore, so. No, no, ma'am. <laughs> you got to pick up and move on eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last tip and our last tip for this episode is really just to be patient with yourself. I promise, especially if you're new to a job or a role, like people don't really have that high of expectations of you for the first yeah. like four to six months, I'm going to say. Like people really assume that you're going to need a lot of time to like get acclimated and like get trained on all the systems and stuff like that. And so even if you're coming into a role and you're feeling like a lot of pressure, like just know that people totally understand that it yeah. takes time to get like onboarded to all of this new information and adapt to a new job, a new company. So don't be too hard on yourself if you encounter challenges or you feel like you still have a lot to learn. Like I think people really aren't super effective in their job. Like I give people credit for being effective like before they're like a year in. Like I feel like you're still yeah. learning so much like every day that first year. And so especially if you're in like the first couple months, like give yourself some grace. You've got yeah. – you've learned a lot in a short amount of time. Your brain needs to process and and it will and you'll be great. Yeah. So for sure. And with that, that's those are the tips we have for you for making a good impression, setting yourself up for success at work. Uh, if you're listening to this because you just started a new job, congratulations. Um, you're going to crush it. You're going to do so good. Remember that you got hired for a reason if you're ever mm-hmm. having imposter-like syndrome. Um, but yeah, hopefully this was helpful to make you feel a bit more set up in your first couple of weeks at work if you're the person that requested this episode we got you girl hope it's going well keep us updated mm-hmm. on how I think it today's goes. her second day wow congratulations <laughs> um, by the time this comes out she'll be in her second week technically but. no no i think the, the day this episode's coming out is her oh, second day oh wow okay <laughs> just <laughs> constantly me saying wow uh, yeah oh congrats good luck we hope it's going well and definitely make sure to submit to our anonymous submission box if you have episode ideas because she literally just submitted this and we said, girly, we'll do this right for you so it comes out on your yeah. second day of work. <laughs> this was like two days uh-huh. ago. We were like, pivot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have something that you're dying to hear, definitely let us know. You can follow us on Instagram at two degrees hotter. You can rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because it really helps our show out. And with that, we'll chat with you guys next week. Bye, everyone.